Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. For the first time ever, there is one of each seed heading into the second round of the NBA playoffs. The one seeded Nuggets, two seeded Celtics, three seeded 76ers. Four-seeded Suns, five-seeded Knicks, six-seeded Warriors, seven-seeded Lakers, and eight-seeded Heat are your eight teams remaining here in the NBA playoffs. Add another interesting nugget. Uh, All matchups are either high-seed versus high-seed or low-seed versus low-seed, and we're going to get to all four of those today with the conclusion of Warriors versus Kings yesterday. The second round is all set. A couple of those series are already underway, and we're going to touch on each of them for a bit, and then you can continue with your wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Screaming from the Sidelines on Believe, presented by BetOnline.ag. You can follow me on Twitter at GregOHSilver or TikTok at Screaming.Podcast. And you can find more of our awesome shows on Believe on Twitter at Believe Network. Or visit Believe.com today. That's B-L-E-A-V. So over the season, I've had some nice takes and I've had some poor ones. I said the Bucks would come back from down 3-1 and thought they were the clear title favorite. I was very wrong. I had some really rough betting plays in the first round. I kept thinking the Nets would be able to steal at least one game from the 76ers. A lot of my over-unders were misjudged, especially in the Suns versus Clippers series. And I kept waiting for the Celtics to finish the Hawks once and for all. I also had a few statements I'm proud of. For one, I believed the Kings were going to give the Warriors trouble, and they did. If it were not for a record-setting 50-point performance from Steph Curry yesterday, we would be talking about the Kings hosting the Lakers for Game 1 tomorrow night. And then back in January, I actually liked the Grizzlies to win the Western Conference, but I quickly revised that take about a month later when I took the new information and said that they were the most likely high seed to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. The Lakers, who were a mess back before the trade deadline in February, gave the Grizzlies their business. They put the finishing touches on that first round series with a 40-point victory in Game 6. I also felt that the Clippers were not an intimidating team heading into the postseason. And yes, I know they had injuries, but when have they not had injuries since the fall of 2019? If it weren't for Russell Westbrook, they had no spark, no intensity, and no fire. They had talent, and they were well coached, but the Phoenix Suns, whose energy has been wildly underwhelming thus far in the postseason, were able to coast past the Clippers in five games. And if they don't re-sign Russell Westbrook, It's a problem. Nuggets and Suns. Let's start there because we got game two tonight. The Nuggets took game one by a score of 125 to 107 behind Jamal Murray's 34 points, nine assists, and six threes. This is nothing new, everybody. He tore his ACL in 2021, missed all of last season, and has come up big in the postseason before. I know that the bubble was a very different playoff environment, which we spent some time talking about on the last episode. But Jamal Murray can be judged a lot more by his injury than the fact that basketball is now being played in front of crowds again. Oh, but what about the 2021 season before he got injured? 
You mean when he had a career high in points per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and effective field goal percentage in 48 games? By the way, this year in 65 games, even while he was working back from the torn ACL, he still averaged 20 points per game. So the Nuggets are still the team to beat in the West until proven otherwise. As for Phoenix, I was not surprised that Denver took it to them in Game 1. The Suns' energy versus the Clippers was disappointing, even though they won the series in five games. And it's going to take a different level of intensity to compete with the Nuggets in Round 2, especially when you don't have the home court advantage. So Game 2 is tonight. The Nuggets are favored by four points. And I like the Suns Suns to respond in this spot. We have yet to see an elevated intensity in these playoffs from them, but I have faith in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to turn it up tonight and make this more of a game. Those two alone can get you a lot of simple one-on-one offensive production, and they don't need to prove to anybody that they can perform on a big stage. We'll learn a lot more about this series tonight, but I think Phoenix, if they don't even the series at one apiece, they at least make it real close and force Denver to go and win the game. Knicks versus Heat will move over to the other series that has already started. Uh, the Heat won game one at Madison Square Garden by a score of 108 to 101. Kevin Love was throwing touchdowns for outlet passes. And after that first quarter, the Heat calmed down and did what they've been doing this whole postseason, which is sticking around until they break their opponent in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle late in that game, but he gutted it out, and he's officially questionable uh, questionable for tomorrow. Regardless of Butler's status, I think the Knicks should be able to respond convincingly. Jalen Brunson did not play well in Game 1. R.J. Barrett was a lot less productive after the first quarter. The team as a whole shot 7 of 34 from 3, and just 60% from the free throw line. I still like the Heat to win this series, and... I said I would stop disrespecting them after they beat the Bucks, but the Knicks absolutely need to have this next game at home, and I believe they will. We saw a lot of that last series with the home team losing game one and then responding emphatically in game two. I mean, the Knicks even were victim to that when the Cavaliers held them to below 100 points. Right now, the Knicks are six-point favorites on Bet Online, and I'm going to take that before the number shifts. Two interesting stats, though, for you, however. The Heat are 5-1 and one against the spread to start the postseason, which excludes the play-in tournament. And the Knicks are 0-7 in playoff series when they lose the first game. Uh, at least there may be a timeline on that one because uh, 7 seems like a low number there, but the Knicks... Not good history when they lose the game one of the series. Okay, 76ers versus Celtics. That one begins in Boston today. It's tipping off very soon, actually, as I'm recording. Joel Embiid is officially ruled out, and the Celtics are 9.5-point favorites with the over-under at 214.5. And And I like both of my bets for this game a fair amount, which is the Celtics to win and cover the 9.5, with the point, but the point total being over 214 and a half. The first game of the season was 76ers at Celtics, and the Celtics took it to them, winning by a score of 126 to 117. And that set the tone for their offense all year long. 
The Celtics scored 120 points per game at home this year, and the 76ers without Joel Embiid in 16 games scored an average of 118. So I don't think the offense will be the issue for either group in this game. Why do I like the Celtics to win by a lot? This feels like a perfect game for it, if I'm being honest. A lot of doubt being cast over the defending Eastern Conference champions after the Hawks took them to six games. The playoffs are very star-dependent, and Joel Embiid is missing this game. The Celtics are at home, and this is a great opportunity for them to make a statement. Yeah, I know the Sixers are well-rested, but it's a problem when you have to have your best player off the floor and shift your whole team's identity. Just go ask Milwaukee. So, Sixers-Celtics, 76ers have struggled in this matchup all year long. We had the crazy Joel Embiid uh, buzzer beater that didn't count that would have forced overtime from the opposite free throw line game. We had the season opener, and the Sixers did win a game, but it was close. Embiid had over 50 points, and Jalen Brown didn't play. So, Celtics have a real opportunity to make a statement here. And the 76ers are going to need to find answers and hope that their MVP center can come back early in the series. Last one, let's go to the Warriors and Lakers, the other one in the Western Conference, a 6-7 matchup. Game one kicks off in San Francisco tomorrow. Draymond Green says, stop turning the page on us and stop turning the page on LeBron. Curry versus LeBron, fifth time they're meeting in a playoff series, first time since LeBron moved over to the Western Conference. Key players for me in this one, for the Lakers, it has to be Anthony Davis. The guy has his moments of being so dominant, he had seven blocks in a game in the Grizzlies series, and then he also just disappears at times and is so unreliable. Speaking of a little inconsistent and unreliable, I would say on the other side, the key player has to be Jordan Poole. He had a pair of horrendous games against the Kings, but Poole does something that not everyone on this roster can do, which is explode offensively and spark big runs, kind of bringing some youth to what the Warriors have been known for for the last decade. If he improves and is able to make the Lakers run a little bit, that could be really big for the Warriors. But if he's out there being out of control, causing turnovers, trying to create one-on-one ISO opportunities, that's going to be a problem for Golden State. The Lakers, I want to give them some credit because they are among the best in defensive rating, rebounds, and blocks since the trade deadline. And now you're all thinking, Greg's going to mention Looney, isn't he? Uh, You're damn right I am. Sabonis was the league leader in rebounds and rebounds per game this year and was convincingly outplayed by Kevon Looney in this last series, who had three games of 20-plus rebounds. The last person to do that in a series was Dwight Howard, 15.1 rebounds per game in the first round. The Lakers are a very different team than the Sacramento Kings. They are older, slower-paced, better defensively, and they have LeBron James, who is one of the smartest players of all time and is still somehow playing at a ridiculously high level. Steph Curry, 35 years old. LeBron James, 38 years old. Game one takes place tomorrow night, and the Lakers have a rest advantage. But the Warriors are favored by four and a half points at the Chase Center. We will see 
if they have a little bit of letdown after winning a hard-fought seven-game series? Or is the Steph Curry heart of a champion will to not lose just going to shine as they're back in front of their home crowd? Four series and a lot more basketball to be played. We have one of every seed. It's going to be bonkers. Again, you can find me on Twitter or TikTok where I share more content, episode clips, bets, and anything else to keep this show on the on people's radar. We're just, we're just getting our name out there, and uh, it's been a really fun season. So thank you for all your support, all your listening. You can find all of our stuff on Believe. We're everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, uh, websites, YouTube, you name it. So uh, if you got any spare time, which I know is really hard to come by for many of us, just give it a little, just check it out. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's going to do it for the short episode because Celtics and Sixers are close to tipping off and I want to get this audio uploaded pretty quickly. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Keep betting. Keep cashing it in. Keep being a great fan. And you know I'm going to say it. Keep screaming. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.